everybody. Welcome to this is issue 31 of the Amazing Spider webcast. I'm your host. We're going through every issue of Amazing Spider-Man one at a time. Uh, I guess generally doing a plot summary, also laughing at some things. Uh, you know, I this is a weird thing because I'm like, is this like, are we in Star Wars minute territory where it's like, this is a bit much? But I think, I think like, you know, 30-ish pages of comic, especially the way these were written like in the 60s and 70s. It's like they're getting paid by the word, you know what I mean? They're, they're pretty uh, wordy. Also, a lot of stuff happened. Well, you know, it's one of the funny things about these older Spider-Man comics in particular is like you go watch the movies and you're like, Jesus Christ, like they, most of the ideas that are in the movies are from probably the first like five years of Spider-Man history. And you're like, there's like thousands of comics featuring Spider-Man, thousands of tales, you know, uh, sensational tales, amazing, spectacular, untold tales, <laughs> web spinners, um, all this, all this crap. And they, they just keep going with the same one. I don't know. So it's, it's a little weird. Anyway, uh, today is issue 31. If this be my destiny, uh, covered says dedicated to you, the great new Marvel breed of reader, which is, uh, so, you know, bad news for everyone listening. This issue was dedicated to me. Sorry, fuckers. Um, this one's for me. We've got a big splash page. And then, uh, so this starts off with a heist. Some uh, sort of generic looking baddies with gas mask heads robbing something. Um, it's a gizmo. It kind of looks like an R2-D2. And they put it on a wheelie cart and they're trying to steal it. I don't know what the fuck's going on. I don't know if I need to. They gas the police and then, you know, Spider-Man swings into their helicopter to try and stop them. Uh, one of the funny parts is, you know, one of the guys is like, it's Spider-Man. Spider-Man says, give the gent a cigar. He just said the magic word. I was trying to figure out, like, do you think that was a real thing? I think that was a real thing. Like, you would win a cigar for doing something. Or at, like, a carnival or whatever, a cigar would be, like, a prize. Now it feels like, you know, if you gave someone a cigar as a prize, you would be, like, history's greatest monster. It's almost like a, a cigar is what you would win as a punishment. It would be very funny, though, to like uh, have a booth at a 5K at the end and you gave out cigars. You know, they always have like, I, don't, I can't remember what they call it. It's not Tent City. That's, that's the prison. Uh, Tentarama, Foodorama, whatever. They give out a bunch of shit at the end of like a, a big 5K. So one of the one of the things you get, cigars or cigarettes. I'm giving out Lucy's. Isn't that fun? Um you know, one of the guys is like, give him a shot of sleep gas. He has to breathe like anyone else. Um and Spider-Man is like, gas. Lucky for me, they shouted it out in time for me to take a deep gulf of air. Yeah, I mean, probably not the best tactic to yell out what you're doing. Uh, before you do it, you know, if you, if you want to gas somebody successfully and surprise them so that they take a deep breath, maybe don't say at 
Once I count down from five, shoot him in the face with the gas that he shouldn't breathe in. <laughs> it's funny because like this this issue in particular has a couple moments where it's like a little fourth wall. I wouldn't say it breaks the fourth wall, but it sort of takes the conventions of comics, which is like people sort of announcing what they're doing and makes that seem, you know, points that out and is like, these particular villains are morons. Um, it's funny how these guys talk to just had a message from the master planner use emergency plan G to foil Spider-Man. And then another one is there are the units exactly as described They They talk like robot men. It's funny. It's like the master planner apparently has a well master plan. Um, and as long, you know, they're like, as long as we follow this plan to the letter, we should succeed. Um, they continue to fight on a helicopter. Um, and, you know, Spider-Man's holding his breath. I'd love to impress them with my wit, but I don't dare open my mouth to say anything. Oh, well, it's their loss. And I can't tell if that's Spider-Man being self-deprecating and funny or being like, eh, well, darn it. You know what I mean? It's their loss. It's one of those moments. Uh, my, my old roommate, Travis, pointed this out to me many years ago. Um, his favorite part of Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory is the part where Charlie opens the chocolate bar and there's no golden ticket in it. And Charlie's like, oh, well, I bet that golden ticket just makes the chocolate taste terrible. And my roommate was like, that part is so funny because you're like, you know, whatever you got to tell yourself, Charlie. Oh, fuck it. It wouldn't be worth it to get that golden ticket because it would ruin this one candy bar even though it would open the opportunity for me to see an entire river of chocolate and uh, uh, go on a boat ride where I see a chicken get decapitated. <laughs> for some reason, they spliced in a small portion from Cannibal Holocaust into this movie. Anyway, they fight. The helicopter crashes. They all escape with scuba gear, which Spider-Man doesn't know. And he's like, I can't just let him drown. So he's trying to like go in the helicopter and get him out and stuff. This is like the real heroic shit from back in the day where it's like, these guys have been trying to kill me for the last hour, but I wouldn't just let them drown in a helicopter. Not only would I not like push them off a building and kill them, I wouldn't even let them drown in a helicopter. That was mostly their fault. Well, entirely their fault that all this is happening, right? So then we cut to the secret underground base of the master planner who, who we keep not seeing. So, you know, you're, we got to be thinking at this point, well, this, okay, either this is going to be somebody we recognize and that's why he's not being shown or uh, it's going to be disappointing. Those are the only options. Now, I guess if you were reading this today and the master planner turned out to be a character that had not yet been revealed and yet, um, okay, something that's funny that happens is we get to meet Gwen Stacy later. I think this is her introduction. Um, if this was a Scooby-Doo episode, Gwen Stacy would have to be the master planner because as the new character being introduced, <laughs> it would only follow that the new character introduced, uh, Gwen Stacy and the new character, uh, who's the villain are going to be the same. So I guess this is better than a Scooby-Doo. Anyway, the master planners in this huge underground layer 
which I'm like, how do you even build a giant underground layer or underwater, sorry, like deep into the ocean on the bottom of the sea, on the bottom of the sea, he has a, uh, well, I assume it's he, maybe it's Gwen Stacy. So let's say she, um, has this giant layer and like has, uh, you know, gas gun wielding men and a helicopter and all this stuff. This is what always kills me about comics. Uh, you know, one of the one of the big logic flaws of comics is always going to be like, if you have the resources for all this stuff, what are you stealing and why? Do you know what I mean? Like, I get it when it's just an evil asshole like the Joker. And in some ways, you know, I credit like the Dark Knight movie was pretty good about outlining that it's like the Joker is just crazy. And so there's no point at which the Joker is going to stop and just be like, oh, well, I have enough money, so I guess I'll retire and stop getting, you know, my limbs broken by Batman. Um, but in these, you know, when you've got like a Dr. Octopus and you're like, he's a smart guy, he seems to mostly be in it to do specific things. Or like Mr. Freeze is a good example where you're like, he wants to, he needs the lab and whatever so he can save his wife who's stuck in this frozen state or whatever. And you're like, okay, well, at some point, wouldn't he just be like, you know, I got all this shit. I can just do this legitimately now. Like it's at some point I can just build my Gus Fring lab and work on whatever it is I want to work on. But anyway, I, you know, I don't know. I guess that's just me talking to the supervillains out there saying like, hey, maybe recognize when enough is enough. Maybe this is the difference between a villain and a supervillain. Is a supervillain uh, enough is never enough. So Peter Parker goes to his uh, like day before his, his college orientation where he sees the lab and he buys all his books and he fills out a bunch of forms and stuff. And I was like, I guess going to college in the 60s is kind of similar. I can tell you the story of my um, college orientation very briefly. So I went to, I went to the, I didn't want to go. I was like, this is dumb. I don't need to go on a tour for someone to show me where the library is. I'm like, I can use a map. I know how to use a map. I know how to find things. This is pointless, but you had to go because the thing they do is like the last part of it is your actual registration. So you sign up for all your classes and shit and you can't do that on your, at that time anyway, you couldn't do that on your own. You had to come to this thing so they could give you like a, a number so that you could sign up for class. So it's like you go and you, you walk around and you get a student ID and all that shit. And then and then you stay the night in the dorm. And I was like, why do I, I don't care about staying the night in the dorm. That's not like fun for me. And uh, I figured out I was the only one. I was hoping, you know, because you would also stay with just some random ass person, which I thought was crazy. So I was like, so I just have to stay with some rando in this room together and like, whatever, this sucks. But uh, it turned out I never met the person that I was meant to stay with, probably because they were, like most of the other people, um, partying in the various rooms. I spent the night of my college orientation reading comics in my, uh, well, in the dorm room that I was staying in that one night, in a bed on the floor, as I recall. 
And I was like prepared for someone to show up and then to have to be like, oh God, you know, here I am uh, nerdily reading comics in the, in the bed at, you know, probably 9.30 p.m. Because, you know, I, that's what I would prefer to do over going out and partying and shit. I don't remember which comics I had, but I think it might have been Preacher. I don't know. But I had them in my bag, and I was basically carrying them around the whole day, terrified someone would see that I had these comics and be like, okay, well, we've nerd alert. Um, and that's how I spent my orientation. I hated it. But there you go. Um, turns out Aunt May is sick. And this is, you know, one of her many times where she swoons, passes out, and goes to the hospital. And it's like, uh, the doctor is, you know, Peter Parker's like, how is she? And the doctor's like, she's very weak, my boy. And I was like, no shit, she's like an elderly, frail woman. I'm sure she's pretty weak. I don't think she's, like, putting up the big numbers on the bench press. That's not, uh, not helpful. Anyway, she goes to the uh, hospital, and they're like, we have to run a bunch of tests and whatever. And Aunt May has to say something like, oh, you are always the best nephew, so decent and so truthful, you know, which is hilarious because that's like a total guilt trip um, for him being Spider-Man and not telling her. Uh, then we meet Gwen Stacy, who, you know, has an instant attraction to uh, Peter Parker for some reason. Now, Peter Parker is basically walking around the campus all up in his head not paying attention to anyone because he's thinking about his Aunt May and he's just like, you know, oh God, what are we going to do? And like, blah, blah, blah. And um, <laughs> one of my favorites is like Gwen Stacy is attracted to him and has a word balloon where she's like looking at Peter Parker and says, he's not as husky as Flash, but he's brighter and very attractive. And I was like, husky? This may be the only only time I've seen the word husky used as a, as a true compliment. Because she is basically saying, he's not as husky as Flash, and that is a bad thing. But he's brighter, and he is very attractive, in spite of not being husky. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know, maybe that word had a turn. Maybe husky used to be a good thing, like... Uh, Something someone would say as a compliment as opposed to now. Something that someone would say, usually about a, a boy or a teenage boy, which is a way, a nice way of saying, like, eh, on the fat side, but, you know, wears it well, I guess. Anyway, Peter Parker is ignoring everybody, including Flash Thompson, Harry Osborn, some rando he met at orientation, and, you know, Flash is like, geez, his scholarship must have gone to his head. And I'm like, they're all, they all think that his science scholarship to college has made Peter Parker be like, I'm the best. I'm the best and brightest. I'm going to ignore everybody. Which I'm kind of like, you know, Flash Thompson especially, I'm like, you were a dick through him all through high school. And now you're like, I don't know why he's snubbing me now that we're in college. And I'm like, maybe because you were a complete asshole the entire time. Um, so they decide to pull a prank on him in class. And they decide they need Gwen Stacy's help to ask him for a pen to distract him while they put chemicals into things that cause a little explosion. And, you know, basically he snubs Gwen Stacy and she does a great, like, 
thank you very much, Mr. Parker, but I have changed my mind. Because she reluctantly participates in the prank. But then he snubs her again, and she's like, all right, fuck this guy. And they do a great thing I like where they give her dialogue balloon the bottom edge. Has an icy, icicle sort of style to it, you know, to imply the way she's saying it is whatever. And I, I don't feel like you see that all the time anymore. I don't feel like you often see dialogue balloons where they they use the shape of the balloon other than the this is in my head shape this is being said out loud shape and perhaps um, they'll use like a square shape for a robot or something but I don't see as many of those like alternatives maybe the exclamation which is like a bunch of pointy things um, Aunt May is still in the hospital Doctor says she'll have to remain for more tests. That's all I can tell you at the moment. And I was like, if this was a TV show, he probably would have slipped up and said, that's all I can tell you for this issue. I mean, at this moment, you know, that's all I can tell you for this point in the plot. So then Peter Parker goes home and finds there's a bunch of bills and decides he better go out as Spider-Man and get some pictures for J. Jonah Jameson. Um, unfortunately, there's like no crime happening. And it did make me laugh because I was like, okay, the most like overdone, especially Batman story, is probably the story of like he fights these criminals. But does him being Batman create these criminals? Why does Gotham have these weird, you know, dark, scary criminals? that Superman doesn't seem to have. You know, why is the Scarecrow here? The Joker? All these, like, weirdos. And it's like, maybe Batman manifests them somehow. And that's, like, the most, you know, probably overdone Batman concept. Um, but it is funny, because it sort of touches on that in this comic, which is like, oh, in a way, uh, Peter Parker is dependent on the... Uh, on crime happening. Because without crimes for Spider-Man to stop, Peter Parker cannot sell any pictures to J. Jonah Jameson. A utopic Manhattan would unfortunately put Peter Parker in a bad economic position. Anyway, he doesn't find any crimes, stays up all night, he's back in his head at school, and everyone's like, oh, he's got a swelled head, what makes him think he's so special, blah blah blah. But what's funny about it is it's this long panel that stretches across the page horizontally. So it's like three panels in width. Um, everybody is talking about him. And everybody's like, what makes him think he's so special? And I'm like, motherfucker, all of you. It makes it seem like this entire college is obsessed with the fact that Peter Parker is ignoring them. And I'm like, well, I'm, that, I think that qualifies, right? If everyone's talking about the same person, they're at least mildly special. Um, good old Foswell breaks out his secret identity because everyone, so J. Jonah Jameson's pissed because there's like, why aren't there any stories? Why aren't there any crimes? What's going on? I guess in the Daily Bugle, they report on like, you know, diamond heists and shit, but they're like, ooh, an alderman is uh, putting forth a controversial policy. And they're like, oh, fuck that shit. Who cares? Which, TBH, uh, would be like, I think I'm a Daily Bugle guy. <laughs> Do they get it wrong sometimes? Sure. Do they completely fail to admit it when they get it wrong? Absolutely. 
But I mean, I don't have to read some nonsense about like, I don't know. They're not reviewing the new Lord of the Rings TV show or whatever. They're like, a guy cut a giant hole in the side of a bank. And then, you know, a man made out of sand terrorized a local school. You're like, all right, I'm in. Um, so Foswell goes under his secret identity to try and find some crime. Patch the stoolie. Stoolie seems to me like the nickname you give to somebody who, like, one time did a uh, feces-based prank. That's all I'll say. Um, so he goes to, like, a bar, and some captain-y looking guy is talking to someone else, and the captain guy is like, yeah, that's right. We're loading a cargo of nuclear devices at Pier 6 tonight. What's it to you, mate? And the guy's like, nothing, sailor. I was just curious. And I'm like, this captain is the worst of all time. Yeah, we're loading up nuclear devices tonight. So what? What's it to you? Like, I don't know. If you're doing like nuclear devices, A, I, and I wouldn't tell this captain. B, he should probably have some special credentials. So maybe he does have to know. But C... I'd be like, he's out at a bar telling everybody that he's doing nuclear shit. Maybe, I don't know. He sucks. I'm saying he sucks. He's the true villain of this tale. Gwen Stacy is still obsessed with Peter Parker precisely because he keeps ignoring her. Um, Spider-Man goes to the docks to foil another attempt to steal these nuclear devices because he gets informed by Foswell. Um... They're trying to steal these crates, and Spider-Man webs them to the ground so that they can't move them. Which I was like, you know, that's like a move that I feel like Spider-Man doesn't use that often. Which is like, they're trying to steal the jewels. Why doesn't he just web it to the wall? And it's like, well, steal it now, fucker. You know what I mean? Or like, they're trying to steal the nuclear devices. He webs it to the floor, and then they're like, oh, shit. Like, I can't move this for like an hour or whatever. That seems like a, an underused way to uh, to foil crime. That I, I'm going to suggest, Spider-Man, if you're listening. <laughs> uh, this is one of the other parts that sort of is like rubbing against the fourth wall. So there's a boom that they're using to, and they had Spider-Man in a net. And then the guy's like, look, he saved himself by attaching his web to the boom. And Spider-Man says, one thing I'll say for you boys, you're observant. And I was like, that's almost like, yeah, it's like, it's almost feel like they were team writing this. And, you know, he was like, I'm going to describe what's happening in the dialogue balloons. And then the other person working on it was like, oh, good one. You know what I mean? Like, no shit. Or maybe it's like, man, it's becoming, everyone's commenting on like, we put the thing in the image and then we also say what's happening in the balloon but if I commented on it first, I can kind of eight mile this shit and, you know, point out my own flaws before someone gets a chance to. So maybe uh, Stan Lee is the original Eminem. That's the, really the only conclusion I can come to here. Um, it turns out Spider-Man was able to foil the plot because he had designed a, what did he call it? Dry chemical filter succeeded in neutralizing the gas and making it safe to breathe. I sure am glad I decided to major in science. What would I do without it? I mean, all right. Any science teachers out there, if you taught me how to make a gas mask in school, that would be fun. That would be exciting. That would be interesting. 
you're like, let's make gas masks and then we'll all go into a room and have tear gas deployed. And, uh, you know, if you go into the room, you get an A. And then how good you did on your mask, I guess, you know, is whether you <laughs> how much this gas hurts you is kind of your uh, your own grade for yourself in a way. It's, it's the surest sign of success or failure. But anyway, I just it flashed me back to college and like high school. And it was like, what did we do in science class? Oh, you memorized like kingdom class, phylum, all that shit. I'm like worthless stupid no one needs to know that I can tell you as an adult if you're listening to this as a teenager and you're learning that kingdom phylum class stuff you will never use that as an adult ever ever this isn't even like one of those why are, when and where you're going to use this in real life things this is one of those things that's like I feel like that shit is invented just to give us something to teach kids in science class why not make, like, gizmos? Like, why isn't there a college science slash engineering class that's like, uh, you come into this class and you will emerge with a Batman utility belt? You know what I mean? You'll have, like, a little flashlight you designed, a batarang, a grappling hook, all this shit. And so when, once you finish this class, you will have a functional Batman utility belt. I'd be like, that class is fucking amazing. What do I have to major in? And they're like physics and i'm like all right i'll do it i don't want to but i will do it for the sake of that because that is awesome that's like that's a grad school project want to write another dissertation on like ooh, frankenstein and the uh literary other or it's like here is a batman belt that i made and it works kind of mostly some of the time it in theory would work with somebody who has much better upper body strength and balance than i do what the fuck, man? So we get some more um, chatter from from the master planner, who we still don't know, and then some worried-looking scientists uh, who are like, should we do the test again and whatever? And the guy's like, this, very well, but the results are sure to be the same. All evidence points to the same inescapable conclusion. The poor woman can't ma last much longer. And what all this means is this issue leaves us on an Aunt May cliffhanger. Will she be, uh, you know, healthy, wealthy, and wise? Or none of those things? Who knows? You'll have to get to the next issue. Um, she's going to be fighting for her life. <laughs> Will this old woman be uh, sick tomorrow? A month from now, will this old woman still be sick? Find out in the gripping tale. <laughs> I will see you next time.